Hey, you, do you like chips? Like, do you really like chips? Where to the point where you're eating chips so much that you look around and there's crumbs and you're like, who put those crumbs there? Did I put those crumbs there? And I'm and I'm here to tell you, yes, yes, you did, because you like chips. And if you like Cheetos, especially flaming hot Cheetos, then you should tell people to subscribe to this channel, the Bitcoin Podcast, because one out of a thousand, that's right. When we get a thousand subscribers, one of them is gonna get a hundred bags of Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos, baby. Think to yourself, how how many Cheetos is that? And I'm here to tell you, it's like a million calories. If you ate it all, you would most definitely not be healthy. But we're gonna send them to you because flaming hot Cheetos are amazing. So that's right. Share this around. Get us to 1,000 subscribers. We'd like to have 1,000 subscribers because if we had 1,000 subscribers, that means one of those 1,000 subscribers is getting 100 bags of flaming Hot Cheetos. So, you know, do your thing, guys. Do that YouTube stuff. It's, it's such a good intro. Like, I could be in the worst mood ever and hear that, and I'm like, I'm not. I'm no longer in a bad mood. That's good. Everything is, everything is great. Um, what's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Doing good. Long I've had, time. I've been super busy with a bunch of other stuff that's not like work, like personal stuff. Yeah, man. Tell me about it. I'm looking for a rig to go camping this weekend. Mm-hmm. Trying to try to de- disconnect DC from life. <laughs> I don't do that kind of camping, bro. I do. <laughs> you do I, like yeah. glamping or like you know car camping, or you just you're at a at a like you're not really away from convenience to just like mm. surface just, level away from convenience I, around yeah. some trees. Yeah. I don't have a roof. That's it. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only thing. That's the only thing missing. Right. Like I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. Last time I got a tick. Whoa. My dog had a tick. Yeah, I know. Right. Ticks are not cool. And I had yeah, one. Had a lot of ticks. Really? Yeah. I've had a lot of ticks. Had one near your balls. Yeah. That Whoa. me. Yeah. And I, I started to go to my grandparents in Georgia. Finding <laughs> that was fun and that was scary. <laughs> I was I started questioning my d- decisions. I was like, I was doing like there was like a whole history of sexual activity, like a decade's worth, because I didn't know what it was <laughs> at first. I was like <laughs> I was like, what's going on here? And then like finally I had to just like get into a very contorted position and figure out what the hell was going on. I was like, Oh my god, no way. And then I took the tweezers and took care of it, but 
It was bad. So, bad. Oh, sorry. Anyways, welcome to the Bitcoin podcast, everybody. This is the show. I'm the first host that talks first. D. I'm the second host, Dr. Corey Petty. And I'm the third host, Jesse Broke. Oh, shit. Corey's bringing in the bass this week. Did you hear that? Am I? No, no. Jesse is. He's like, I'm, I'm the Corey. On the, I said he's bringing in the bass. Jesse's bringing in the bass. Yeah, hey the guys. microphone's up off off a little further told, away than I normally have it because we're going to do an unboxing today. Wow, I told Jesse he had a groupie before the show, and now he's putting some bass in his voice, getting ready, trying to make the trying to make the voice groupies, modulation, trying to make the groupies happy. Also, uh, the group plus <laughs> minus one. So if you're looking at the uh, text at the bottom right, that's last one, not last L. Yeah, so we'll fix that sometime during the day. <laughs> we're about to do an unboxing, probably the best unboxing you'll ever see in your life. It's on par up there with uh, that one unboxer guy. Remember there when I did an unboxing of the uh, Pine Phone? Yeah, I have a Pine Phone. Mm-hmm. I think we just, did, I don't know if that was a part of the podcast. I just did it because I have one. Mm-hmm. I've never used it. Did you ever it's use it afterward? Then? After no, it's not that good. Oh, okay. Mm. Like I tried it, it was annoying. I stopped. Uh, but yeah, I got, uh, so just moving on. Yeah, man. Take, take it away. Here's an unboxing presented by the Bitcoin podcast. Yeah. You're basically going to watch me unbox this thing and talk about it. And then we'll move over to the round table after that. Mm -hmm. And you, (laughs) and you. All right. Live. Here we go. No, not you. You. You can put me up there. Stop it. Okay, Alicia, you do it. I'll let the producer do what she's supposed to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I got it right here in front of me. Grid Plus last one and some safe cards. For those that don't know, the Grid Plus or the last one is a hardware security module. So basically it's a hardware wallet on crack. Uh, this we're just going to get into, we'll go over kind of what it is and then I'll start unboxing it. So this is like little, little, these are little Java cards. Here's a, a bunch of Java cards that I have here because status makes the key card, which is a very similar implementation. In fact, uh, they got the basis of how they do their safe cards from our open source code for the key cards. So they, they operate very similar thing. So these are where your keys are stored more often than not and backed up, which will then plug into this thing. And this has a big old display and a bunch of security features. So I think it's best if we just start off with like, um, I love not unboxing it, but maybe going through this part. So you see it here. We just kind of go through. That is big. We're looking at the future, Jesse. This shit's awesome. This looks like uh, laptops. Or like car phones back in like the 80s. Car phones? Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a lattice, safe cards. Let's go to the lattice. Is it really that big? Uh, and it's, I mean, this is a pocket knife. Okay. Uh, you didn't say that right. Knife. Knife. This is a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. So, and it's, and it's decent. So I will see it. We'll see it with my hands. I got small hands, so it'll look jack. Put a banana. Uh, I can't tell without a banana. I don't have a banana. Here's, <laughs> here we go. Here's a, ledger, a here's a Ledger Nano X for scale. Okay. There we go. 
Just keep adding things. Scenarios here. <laughs> I'm getting the scale. It's starting to. It's starting to. <laughs> Just uh, actualize in my hands. All right. So looking at this thing, so you plug it in, see the safe part on the right here. Yeah. Uh, 350 bucks for this whole thing. Why? Because it's probably it's probably the most secure method for storing your crypto and still having a reasonable amount of access to it. This is just for one. Oh, you just slide in your card that is. Yeah. So like you can have. Like, it's easy to have multiple accounts because the keys and the signing actually happens on the card. Mm. this is a hardware security module to make sure that the transaction formation and what you're signing is is what it's supposed to be amongst a bunch of other things so let's see here so who's the target audience for this not not, not typically a consumer like one consumer right it's like probably i think what people. i think what grid plus is trying to do here and i think i'm going to have them on hashing it out again mm-hmm. um to discuss this because grid plus initially started off as uh, energy storage, like like basically like an energy solution, and this in the in the last one was supposed to be basically uh, your home node. It was your agent for your home, which manages which managed all of your accounts and the software associated with those accounts, and potentially even ran nodes. So it has some processing some processing on it. Let's get to the specs of this thing. So it's got a big touch panel, five inch touch panel, multi point. Um, it's a five inch TFT with security mesh. So like, I'm going to go into like at a later date, I'm going to be cracking it open, talking about the cracking it open, talking about these different security features, what they're supposed to do, so on and so forth. This is just me opening up and looking at it and playing with it. Uh, card slots, mode. obviously. So it's basically like a really, really secure card reader. I see a mode in their language, their verbiage, secure, internal secure, secure computing. That's the whole, that's the whole point, right? It's supposed to be a really, really, really secure hard, like hardware security module so that like those, the transactions and keys never touch anything that can compromise. You can crack this thing open. It's got a security mesh, which basically keeps it from turning on if it feels as though it's been compromised and stuff like that. So that's what this detection mesh is here. It's got a security enclave. So like most things have a trusted execution environment or like, uh, like basically a secure element on, on the device. Your phone has one. These cards and all like credit cards actually mm-hmm. have one. Like there's a secure element on these things, mm-hmm. which, which has a certain level of like uh, standardization on what it can and can't do or what it protects you from. So like those are actually standards which you get audited. And so when these things say they're like EAL or CC EAL five plus or six plus, that's an actual like security standard that these secure elements run by. And like that all that all standardized uh, like credit cards, debit cards, Java cards, all those things have to happen hit in order to get that certification. So what happens if you lose all your cards? I don't know. We should have more. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's the, the if the keys on the card, then the then the, the no, that's not true. You probably put the key on the card somewhere. You're storing the key, like the card is just a physical access point, is what I'm yeah. thinking. So, 
I don't know, Corey. You guys made the cards. If you lose that card, you don't lose your crypto, right? You just lose that card. You always have the seed phrase, right? That's kind of like whenever you make these cards, whenever you like. So what happens with at least the way Keycard does it? I'm imagining it's a similar situation for for this because it's all based on the same account modeling for Ethereum and, and other nodes, or like most of the crypto, right? Which means that you derive some entropy that corresponds to a seed phrase, which you back up. That's completely outside of the entire system, uh, and you keep that really, really safe. In the event that all this stuff fails, you lose your cards, this thing breaks, whatever, you still have your seed phrase, you can get everything back. That's why the seed phrase is so important because regardless of how secure the security module is and how you access stuff or whatever hardware wall you're using, for seed phrase, it's still on its, your, your shit out of luck. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All kinds of extra things, firmware, any safeguards are basically what holds the keys. Mm. So somebody jacks your card. There's no these way. All, well, if they jack your card, these things have. I'm, I'm not exactly sure of the implementation of Grid Plus. That'll be. I'll, I'll get into that later. Um, but the cards are also secured with a with like a puck and a pin. So they all they're like they're additionally encrypted for like multi factor authentication. Mm. So it's not like someone gets your card, they plug it in, they have your secret, they have your other secrets, right? Okay. That's not how it works. So let's move over to right to this. You make you the vocal. What are you trying to do? I want to make the unboxing the large part. There you go. Cool. All right, let's open this bitch up. Oh, there's no sound. By the that. way, audience, I'd like for you to observe just how Texan Corey is by always having a pocket knife on him at all times. I got an angle here on the front. There's a quote from Voltaire that says, "Let's get that up there." I don't know. It's like this, this camera sucks. I have to buy another camera. It says uh, paper money eventually returns to its to its intrinsic value zero. Ooh, deep, deep coming from the old lattice. This is like good, good build quality for like boxing stuff. This is a solid box. I like that they chose triangles. Heavy. Nature's most stable shape. Yeah, so it's not actually that big, right? So like, here's that same pocket knife next to it, right? It's a triangular plus. Got a Ethernet and power port on the back. So basically, this thing connects to your network. What is all that extra Cards? like plastic? Like, why didn't they do like a kickstand for it? Extra why? plastic. I'd imagine like if you look at back to the uh, thing here. Is it heavy? Yeah, I'd say it's. So there's some juice running. There's some power running through there. Some computation going on in there. Pounds, like going back up to here. Sorry, wrong window. Under the specs, does it have like weight and what's inside? Should hmm, specs are somewhere. Uh, Features like, and oh, there it is. All these different it. parts put together, right? The rest of it is just like probably 
You see, like, see how much plastic yeah, there is in the back. Sits, right? well, they, they, I guess they made it such that it sits on itself. And this is like, this, this isn't bad. Like, what would you like? How small do you want it to be? This is supposed to be basically sit on a desk. I don't know, like a Kindle with a kickstand. A, a Kindle? Yeah, it should be like it looks like all the other components are flat, right? And so they just have like that huge chunk of plastic that's like extruded out, so you can um, like have it at a forty-five degree angle. Well, maybe I'll break it open one day. Yeah, and we'll figure. Don't that do out. that. Why would you want to do that? It's hard. It's a safe. Why are you gonna break it? To see if I can break it. That's the whole point. Well, they sent it to me because they want to see if I can break it or like oh. make sure it works the way it's supposed to, right? <laughs> So I figured why not just do an unboxing video before trying to do that. Check that. Make you big. Make you big. At least you do that again. Back to this. Pull this bad boy open. No cardboard that goes away. In the back here, you have the first Grid Plus card. So I guess I have one plus two cards here. So good. So this is section for notes. You can't read that. Maybe on here. This one. Still can't read it, but I'll figure that out later. Got notes, serial, V1 on the card. These things should be. NFC compatible. I'm not sure if they use the same cards. Like our key cards are NFC. I don't see the little uh, the same icon on these, but that's more like white labeling on how you do this. Like that little that little mm -hmm. Wi-Fi thing means it has NFC, which means you can like tap your phone or tap a terminal uh, to communicate with things. Otherwise, the secure element right here is where it interfaces inside the uh, Group Plus. I'll show you here in a bit. Unbox us this thing. So safe card says backup, restore, and pay. There. Not just come out. In the back of this thing it says uh, backup the account on your lattice using a safe card, right? So you can basically have backups of your account, your last one. Uh, restore an account from a safe card to your lattice or uh, pay. Make transactions directly from your safe card using any lattice. So uh, that means that there is an account on, on the actual machine. Oh, this thing comes out to you guys. There's a, excuse me, there's an account on the machine. And you can use these cards to either back up your account in case your machine breaks or gets stolen or something. Um, or you can use these cards and use them on someone else's lattice to then make sure, like, basically use their HSM with your accounts safely, right? So it's a, it's a pretty safe way of, of using someone else's hardware. Say if I wanted to make a payment at your house, but I don't really trust your computer and you have one of these, I don't have to care about your computer. Mm. And backing things up with these things is really good. I'm not sure of the lifetime um, of storage for Java cards. I'll have to look into that in terms of like how it compares to things like volatile memory, like flash, like like USB sticks or CD-ROM or hard disks. Right? Those have a certain shelf life on on 
how long they keep the information intact just by sitting. Mm -hmm. And so like things like flash drives have a, have a pretty small shelf life. So if you're storing all your keys on the USB stick, there's a chance that like 10, 10, 15 years down the road, that thing doesn't there anymore because it's, 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 it's corrupted based, based on sitting like bit, like bit rot. Right. I think Java cards have a longer shelf life than at least like USB sticks. Now these things, which you can also buy are additional shave cards. Pop these open, good perforated mesh here to see if it's been tampered with. Um, important to note, I guess, create or backup an account by inserting your safe card into grid plus lattice one. You prompted to set up a pin for the card before it can be used. Do not forget this pin. It cannot be removed. So mm -hmm. these things are basically set with a pin um, with, during manufacturing and you need to remember that. Distinguish cards from one another by writing a name on the back in the allocated area. So that's what this like, in the back of this thing, it says notes. It's basically saying like this card is this, this account. And I think with a later date, we're gonna go through all these things and start playing with them. So inside the box here, move this around. You have your standard Ethernet cable or like patch cable. RJ45 things. Looks like a four footer, if I had to guess. And just the standard made in China AC adapter, which plugs into the back of this thing. So you have two plugs, power, Ethernet, and then here. So this would sit at your desk. And the way you would interact with these things, I think you have like, uh, they have a forked version of MetaMask, which connects to this thing on your, on your, on your internal network. And then you can basically the meta, like when you, when you, like when you're on a website and you want to do something, you would use the forked version of MetaMask, the grid plus version. And then it would send a signal to this thing and you can confirm it just like you would do for like uh, your ledger if it's connected via USB. Mm. That's what I'm assuming. I'm not sure yet. So. so they're basically trying to compete with like hardware wallets, point blank period. They're trying to be oh, it's the, the best. One. It's probably one of the best case scenarios for like a very high security hardware wallet. And these things also have the ability to communicate with you. Like they, they have an additional like uh, messaging layer. So these things have certificates built into them so they can make basically an encrypted an encrypted messaging network just amongst all lattices. And I think they're looking to leverage that as well. Encrypted I, messaging network. So like iMessage for Lattice Plus? Yeah, I mean like well, you know, or sending transactions, paying for things like that. So like is this like a that, like a point of sale, like a, like that's their hidden play here. Like it's not only like they're going to be like, oh, it's not only a hardware wallet. You can also use this if you're a merchant. I'm curious to see like what what type of storage this thing has on it and the, and the mm -hmm. processing power to see like what applications could be put. Mm -hmm. Because like, don't like remember this thing was specced out to be. Oh, no, you can't fake the card, uh, Alicia. Alicia. Alicia asked if you could fake the card. Like, 64 gigabytes of storage. Hotel room keys are just a magnetic strip. They don't have the secure element. So the secure element, this little like 
part here that connects and you insert your like you insert your thing. This is actually a, 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 a miniature computer with like protected memory and computation and stuff like that that only can do a very specific amount of things and, no, and nothing else. Um, unlike like a hotel room key, or at least the ones that you're most likely is just, it's just a magnetic strip which has a specific code on it that can be faked. But like these have these have keys on them and an untamperable way of of storing them so that if someone tried to access it, it'll just kill itself. Interesting. I mean, I think it's kind of dope. I think um, I mean, I'm a I'm a big believer that like it's going to take some sort of physical change, some physical way people interact with crypto in order to make it go mainstream. Right. Um, And the only reason I say that and I've continued to say it over the years is that it does take a physical change in order to change society. Like, for example, we were running through paper and then all of a sudden someone invents checks. So now all of a sudden you have physical behaviors that are changing with making a transaction. You've got someone taking out a checkbook, opening a checkbook, marking the, the debit, writing the check. Right. That's that's a that's a entire physical process. And then later along the line credit cards come first it starts with those huge fucking those huge carbon sliding machines but now you've got a new physical process okay no longer am i opening my wallet to take out dollar bills or opening my wallet my checkbook to take out a check i'm now opening my wallet and taking out a card and giving it to someone and now we're changing that physical behavior because i'm taking out a card and tapping it on a screen or taking out a card and tapping it on someone's phone Right. So there's in order for crypto to take hold as money and not, you know, all of these other thousands of fun things we're creating, uh, there's got to be a physical change. Right. And this is kind of touching on that. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I could see a world where like every house has a terminal and that's your crypto vault and you do things in and out of that 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 terminal whenever you're interacting with crypto. Maybe that's going to be maybe it's not. But if there's no physical behavior change, then it's going to be hard for this stuff to take off as money, in my opinion. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it looks cool as shit. I think all the plastic, Jesse, might be to like, I don't know, airflow to keep it. It's got some weight to it. I mean, there's 64 gigs of. I would imagine this like extruded part here from like Mm -hmm. here on. Yeah. Because like this is all components up to Yeah, right, right, right. Up till there. Everything out that here is extra plastic feels empty. Yeah, uh, all the weight is definitely front loaded here, and this mm-hmm. might just be an easy way, like a cheap way, to make it look pretty sexy while it's letting it sit, right? Because like mm-hmm. two little cables are going to come out of the back of this thing. It's your power in your Ethernet, and that's all you see, mm-hmm. right? Why didn't they do wireless instead of like <laughs> Ethernet? Wireless can be tampered with. Mm-hmm. I think you know, wireless is more tamperable than this. Get all hacky um, hacky with that Wi-Fi. Also it requires more. I mean, it has Wi-Fi built into it. Let's say. Hmm. Okay. I'm gonna dig in later to like Alicia these things. The main point of this is the is like this screen here is part of the hardware security module, right? So like what you see on this is generated from the lattice one and can't be faked by anything. There's not so like right now. For instance, uh, with the key cards, right? So, like status the key cards we have, these things rely on you using a piece of software that isn't going to lie to you. 
So the status application is, is, is one of them. But you got to make sure you're not getting like a rogue version of the status application. You, know, you have to install that correctly to make sure that whenever it's presenting a, like a transaction request that's for you to sign, that isn't being falsified. Because when you look at like with something like this, it doesn't have a screen on it. So like a lot of the like ledger and things like that, they have a screen on it. So you can say like, is this amount all right? Is this the, is this the correct address? So on and so forth. Whereas like, if you can craft a transaction presented to me on some rogue screen and I say, yeah, that looks right. And then actually send a different transaction to be signed, you can steal all my money. And so like understanding that the, like the software that's crafting a transaction and presenting it to you to confirm has to be secure too. And it's kind of hard to do that or at least show any relevant amount of information, especially when it deals with contracts, smart contracts on like a ledger screen. And the ledger blue is discontinued, can't use that anymore, and it sucks anyway. You know what? Um, what is it? Uh, is it Square? They're coming out with their own hardware wallet. Do you know what? It's, like? it's, it's the most. It's the most convenient way to safely store crypto. Of any, like, if you, if you have any amount that's you mean a Java card special to you, no, like a hardware wallet. Oh, okay. A hardware wallet. Now, there's multiple implementations of hardware wallets. I'm actually building like a workshop for status that's like an educational on like hardware wallet best security practices, mm-hmm. how it all how it all works. And we'll use we'll I'll pump that out on the podcast too. But like, it's mainly like this is how hardware wallets work, and these are the things you need to look out for. And here's some standard best practices of like how to not shoot yourself in the foot. Because there's a bunch of different ones and they all have kind of different consequences on like the things you should look out for, whether it be like a Java card that's cheap and commoditizable. So you don't, you feel better about like the supply chain, but it doesn't have, it doesn't have uh, any else, like any screen on it. So it's really hard. You can't confirm on the hardware itself that what you're signing is what was sent to it, what you thought was sent to it. Right, so you, re- you rely on the status application or whatever application that uses key cards to do that correctly. What's the difference between like having like just like a USB hardware wallet and that? And what this and and that, yeah. So with the USB hardware wallet, you're using well, you're using USB, uh, which isn't that big of a deal, but it's kind of annoying. Uh, but I don't have to I, carry around this big block with me. No, this is you're not carrying this thing around. Yeah. Like you never carry like this is this is for your home. This is for like a safe location mm-hmm. that it shouldn't leave. So like your you know your home desktop um, somewhere like if you look at all the pictures they have, it's like sitting on a desk mm-hmm. where you do your work. And so that'll that'll be paired with like I don't know your laptop or some screen or something. Where and eventually if, if this thing becomes like your household node, mm-hmm. then whenever you sign a transaction it pops up to be for confirmation on this, regardless of whatever device you're like doing stuff on. It sends, it sends the transaction request on your local area network to this thing. And then you can make sure that what you're doing is correct because you can't falsify the information on the screen. So it's, it's to see display information on a secure device that you know is that you know is secure or you're trusting is more yeah. secure than your own yeah you're, you're, PC trying, browser you're trusting that mask. the way that they manufacture this thing um it can't be tampered with mm-hmm. and so you're trusting the information yeah. that they provide you 
and then it does it does a lot of the cryptographic activity because these things have incredibly limited limited computational power. They can sign transactions. They can do some some key functions like ECDSA key functions. They can derive keys, things like that. But like the amount of storage on these and computational power is severely limited mm-hmm. compared to this. Like the experience is going to be much better. It's like and when I power it on, get through the process, and like go through it in a in a separate call, you'll like we'll see it. We'll try it out. We'll like play with some DAFs or something, and we'll see like on a screen me trying to make a transaction somewhere, and then it popping up here, mm. me confirming it, and then it going through, just like you would do for like a ledger. But like ledgers, ledgers are kind of cumbersome. Every time I use one, I, I get pissed off. Like ask the Slack, because I, I tell them every time I use my ledger, it, I just yeah. get, I get I get pissed off because. The experience of plugging it in, making sure it works properly, getting it to sync with MetaMask or whatever application I'm using to access it, Ledger Live, updating the firmware, whatever, it's always a pain in the ass. It's never plug it in, confirm, walk away. This at least feels like it's going to move to that in the environment that you're comfortable doing these things in. And so like if you're dealing with a lot of money. You should probably be a little more worried about your security and the devices you're used to like confirm the transaction that you're signing is the right one. Mm-hmm. I guess the only thing I say is I don't see, I feel like Ledger has to do those things because of just the, you know, the, the architecture of working in crypto, working with crypto. So how is Grid Plus going to overcome? Like they have firmware updates because there was some sort of security bug or that firmware updates firmware updates too you know or like for example most recently the like the avalanche plugin on my ledger or someone's ledger that i was working with needed an update so i couldn't access and see couldn't get access to his avalanche via the ledger without doing that update in the avalanche plugin and that was a whole another process right so it's like i feel like so long as there's no standards in crypto, there's always going to be clunky user experience. What do you mean no standards? There are standards. There's a lot of standards. Like the only well, reason that like this, like this card can work on other well, things. Well, what I mean by that is why do I need an I don't think he means the word plugin? standards. I need it. Maybe I don't mean the word standards, but I need an avalanche plugin. I need a Litecoin plugin. I need a Bitcoin plugin. Ah, a- okay. So what that is, is... Um, there's a few things there. Like, so like actually another key feature about this hardware wallet is that it's developer extensible. What that means is that, um, a developer for a specific network can create an extension to this, to this platform to allow it to access their network or like do the right type of key derivation. So like with the bit 39, take tip 39. Yeah. I was at deterministic. So like HD wallets allow you to specify a given path uh, down like the key derivation function. Mm-hmm. Like we, can, we can talk about maybe keys at a different time, but like every single network or application or use case has a specific path. That's a standard. So like Bitcoin is like, I think it's 4460 or that's no that's a that's a theorem so m4460 zero is that's a theorem it's ethereum bitcoin's a different one so like all of the different networks test nets applications like we have like status has made a couple eips specific towards non-value related keys 
like it's a whole there's a whole path that's that we've we've tried to create we've made an EIP that says like anything on this path is not value. So like we use it for like the identity and status. Mm-hmm. And so when you're when when a developer is making an extension, so like uh, like the plugin or application for Ledger or this thing, what they're doing is they're allowing is they're telling firmware what paths are, are like are used in this particular network. And once you have those keys, how to generate addresses, right? It's like what's a, what's a valid what's a valid transaction look like for this particular network? How do you generate an address from the key pair that you generate on on, on these things? And what's the like what's the pro, what's the API for connecting to the network? So like what does it mean to send an RPC call to a given network or node somewhere? Or is that, that what a ledger app does though? Yeah, so that's what that means. Like that's what I it guess, means when you, I guess when, what you, when you add when you add one of these things, you're providing a lot of that metadata around that network or use case, so that the app, the software that's crafting transactions and sending them to your hardware wallet to sign, knows how to do that and then where to send it once it's signed. Yeah, I think D is trying to ask like what's to ensure, or like what makes it so that you're not going to have the same firmware and app upgrade problems with that lattice one that you do with a ledger i don't know i guess we'll see yeah i haven't, haven't used it yet mm. uh, I, I would say i think it's so this is its own device in your network right this isn't connecting directly to your computer it's connecting to your your mm-hmm. your, your local area network um that means that you basically ping it like you would a computer in your house so instead of like and that means that like there's no variation in how this thing is set up. Whereas with a USB, like the interface, how you interface with the USB is heavily dependent upon like your system configuration, the drivers you have, the operating system you're using, um, whether or not you're going through like multiple like USB extenders or hubs and, and, the, and the, the power of those things, whether it's getting the right kind of power. That's always like, when you look for the troubleshooting through Ledger, it's like, all right, well, unplug it, plug it back in. Try a different plug, try a different cable. Like if you imagine do like things, the, the 400 by 800 pixel screen, and then you're gonna have like similar Ledger problems potentially, and then you have to like touch screen everything. Like that could- Well, you're less likely to because you don't have all those layers underneath that are so variable up to the user, right? Like, all, and in and, and, and respect to that, like all of those things are tamperable. Mm-hmm. Whereas this like, is this is like, you just send, you just send packages of the internet on, on your local area network, which is arguably tamperable. But once it's on this thing and it gets the signal, what is this blanks you cannot be wrong. What it gets is what it's going to show you. And so when you do that verification process of like, yes, this, this, this is the transaction I want to sign. These are the details of that smart contract that I, put, I, I, I asked it to sign. Good, I'll confirm it. And what you sign then gets sent back to wherever you asked it from, say like my computer on MetaMask. And that can't be tamperable either because it's a, it's, it's a digitally signed message. I would like to know how your experience goes with it when you power it on I'll, and use I'll it for a few it, months. Probably do it live. Okay. I'll set it up, try it out, and then we'll do this again some other time to like show it. I, I, this is, in my opinion, probably the current state of the art with like incredibly high security using blockchain. For sure, Just high security. 
and state of the art, but in terms of user approachability, that's, that's to be determined. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the, I'm take it somewhere, right? crypto has <laughs> yeah. elephants in the room or skeletons in the closet or dirt under the rug, whatever random analogy you want to use for stuff that crypto doesn't want to talk about because it's insurmountably difficult to, to fix. And it's like the user experience is, is so bad with crypto no matter how yeah, of course it like, is let me jack up the security now now it's like not even yeah. user friendly anymore yeah well, like but, when i had somebody i was hoping something to their legend they were like what the fuck is a derivation path and me at the time i finesse danced out of that question harder than i could possibly imagine because i was like just it's, how we do, it's how we derive <laughs> And then say, I, I don't back. know. Like you can say, I don't know. It's okay to not know shit. It's okay to be in the ballpark too. I said, it's a path <laughs> of derivation. And he said, okay. So then I went back and looked it up and I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. But if I'm like a GPP, I'm like derivation. What is, what? So what happens, with, <laughs> so what happens with hardware wallets is because they have limited storage, more often than not, what they do is they only store the master key. So like your, your seed phrase um, depending upon how long it is, gets stretched to a 512 byte uh, like seed, which is just a random string, which is basically a number, right? Yeah. Um, that is usually what gets stored, or like there's a couple, there's a little bit more process than like how that seed actually gets used to make a private key, but like the, those initial private keys are usually what get, what gets stored on a hardware wallet. Because what it can do is from that key pair or seed or ma like master key pair, it can just derive whatever private and public key you need on the fly. It doesn't need to store them. And depending upon how much computational power it has, it may want to store some of them so that it's faster because that's extra computation it has to do. But for something like this, it's just like, all right, what's the, give me the key path or give me the derivation path. Like what, what network am I using? Is it mainnet? Etc. Okay, this is the right key for that type of thing, and now I'll sign whatever whatever I need to. Excuse me. I'm just so that's happy all stuff about. you shouldn't have to care about. That like no, nobody should have to care about that other than people like me and wallet designers. I'm just I'm I'm happy about my personal future that I have a little bit deeper understanding than like 90% of the population so that when it comes to times this stuff does hit mainstream hardcore, man, be printing money, doing something. I don't know what it's going to be, but nobody's going to need to know all this stuff. So yeah, the, I think a lot of this is that crypto made it forced people to get comfortable or get used to using like key pairs and, and cryptography asymmetric key pairs right mm -hmm. and that's not easy mm -hmm. and like the user experience of that isn't easy and eventually like we, we've come up with like interesting ways to try and do it like more often than not like this these things are key pairs it's like this is just a, this is just a, a proxy for all that bullshit it's it does it here you just tap it and your credit card does something similar, mostly for certificate, like certificates. Mm -hmm. um, but like it's a similar type of thing. Like a lot of cryptography is going on when you make a credit card purchase and you insert your PIN or tap it with an SC. Just a slightly different kind of cryptography in order to verify that your card is yours. Um, 
we're trying to figure out ways to give you that same user experience without compromising your security using it like a different kind of cryptography. Yeah. I just, it's dope. I hope it takes off. Um, it need, we need it to take off for crypto's sake. The user experience has to get better, like point blank, period. So, um, I want to see the next episode when you like spark it up and then accidentally leak all your personal information. And then, no, <laughs> <laughs> live spark it, spark that shit up so we can see what it looks like. Um, you know, I think, okay, <laughs> we've made a mistake. What's go? Um, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> what just happened? Alicia made herself a a <laughs> an overlay. I was like, wait, what's going on here? Um, so we let's let's move on. Let's move on. Let's get unboxing. Next time we're gonna show you guys how it works. And in the future, all banks will be turned into a grid plus. You heard it here first. On the Bitcoin market. I'm curious to see what this thing could do in terms of especially like the potential of this this like secure network, the communications network, and like the applications you can put on this thing. Yeah. And memory. It's just basically it's it's a basic it's a really secure really secure small computer. You guys want you guys want to try to do some uh prognostication? No, it's all you. <laughs> you don't like prognosticating? I mean, about different things. This one. What do you like prognosticating? We're not going to talk. You want to see a keyboard unboxing? <laughs> yes, I do. I, I, I might. I like want to watch Jesse unbox a keyboard. I'll, I'll show you a quick unboxing of something that. Is Are we just unboxing everything? I have, I'm sure I, I have other stuff around the can unbox. <laughs> what is happening here? What is yeah, that? Here. I'll show you. He has no uh, signal. He's doing something. All right. So blow me up. Look at this guy. He's got things set up. Blow me up. <laughs> Look at this. Is that blow me up? Put me in there, boss. Chief. All right. So this is the jelly, right? So this is a custom keyboard, right? So this is different oh than your Logitechs, than your Corsair, than your Steel Series, and whatever, right? So it's a designer called OWL Labs. I don't know which way was uh you had it right the first time. All right. Yeah, we're seeing it as you see it. Okay. So it's called the Jelly. It's a 75% keyboard. What that means is that it comes with, so there's their brand for the studio that designed this keyboard, uh, OWL. So it, it's a cut down version of a full size keyboard effectively is um, what the form factor 75% entails. And so you're given um, all the different components to the keyboard separately. So this is the PCB, the, the PC, the polycarbonate layer. Can't see, can't see anything. Like the exposure of that is like really high. Yeah, let's see. You're absolutely bad. You need some good cameras. Let's get some cameras for this. Bring the unboxing stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah, nice. unboxing. Okay, I'll just, I'll just open it. Send us your stuff. We'll get better at unboxing stuff. Exactly. I want things. I want to unbox things. Right, unbox our new sponsor when it comes. Ooh, it's a little asthma going on too. That sound as it slid out of that paper was oof. That made it's got me going. <laughs> mm. right. So there's your PC. Plate. What's your PC? Your, your polycarbonate plate, PC plate. Okay. It's where all the switches um go in. Isn't that what Han Solo was put in? 
polycarbonate. 100%. 100%. And uh, here's the PCB of the plate for the keyboard What's itself. Printed circuit board. All right. Oh, so, so you can see that there are slits in this. Um, you can see the light kind of going through. You can see the yeah. desk through. So those those slits are cut so that you have extra flex in the PCB so that the typing experience is unique in the way that your fingers actually sink in to the keyboard. Jesus Christ. So that's something that people want is a, is a, is, a flex on the a flex on the backplate. Exactly. It's a flex on the backplate. It kind of goes to the name like the the moniker Jelly. Okay. Like this is the most squishiest typing experience and like oh, deepest. That? that sounds terrible. Oh, it's fantastic. So I'll show you like on this keyboard, right? I got no. If squish. you look at if you look at the like the side of it, maybe if I can hold it at an angle. So you can see that, let's see here. You can see that, man, this is, it doesn't look really this, is this is interesting to watch you try to do. I know. <laughs> it's so awkward. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really show you, but like even this, depending on how the, the PCB is mounted within the aluminum frame of the keyboard, it'll have different degrees of flexibility. And so there's like a handful of different types of mount styles. There's top mount, bottom mount, sandwich mount. Yeah, I got no flex all that. keyboard. Uh, I got the I got the DOS keyboard. That thing's like <laughs> steel. <laughs> so this thing is the actual keyboard frame. So all you're getting with this whole package is the keyboard frame itself. And so this is wrapped in Saran wrap, it seems like. But um, yeah, gosh, it, it's actually very very heavy. I think it's five, at least five kilos. Um. So there's a huge brass plate on the back. Actually, not five kilos, maybe two and a half kilos. Um, but yeah, it's 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 like a it's like a five pound keyboard. What is that in America units? Five pounds, a little mm -hmm. over five pounds. So it's it's uh, yeah, sandblasted anodized aluminum, and then uh, I mean it's red, and then you've got like all. If I open this up, there's like actually some foam inside that it acts as dampening for the sounds as well. Um, and also insulation from the PCB touching the bottom since it's all metal construction. Um, but yeah, there's each custom keyboard just in general has unique features in terms of the way that it's styled and also the way that the the sound, the styling, and potentially like so like there's a lot going on here, and you haven't even talked about switches or keycaps. Right, there's like, a lot. It, does it make that big of a difference? Oh, it's huge. Yeah, I think the if depending on like what you want out of your keyboard typing experience and sound, you would use a different combination of the plate, the PCB, and the switches and the and the the frame itself. So. It depends if you want a stiffer typing experience, you can use an aluminum plate. So instead of using like a polycarbonate plate, which has a lot of flex inherently because it's plastic, you could use something like an aluminum plate, which it's very, it's a very stiff typing experience. Mm. And uh, it's actually clackier. But if you have like a more flexible plate, you get a more deeper uh, acoustically um, pinging sound. What are the noise like? We deal with clicks, we deal with clacks. Is there clunks, plunks, and things you said? 
wax? No, no, it's just it's just like very, very variable sounds of like click clicking. Yeah, I don't know. You can't hear mine because my, it's really, my filter oh, takes out all the noise on my keyboard, but I have like so like cherry blues. They're cherry blues, so they're so fucking loud. <laughs> Phonetically, we've got clicks, clicks, clacks, clocks, most likely. Coming. He's got 50 minutes of, of unboxing hardware that are yeah. two very different things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys know how we do at the Bitcoin podcast. We free, we free, we free for this. Jesse's slowly working on that on that on that keyboard sponsorship. Get people yeah. see the keyboards. Jesse's looking oh, been working on keyboard sponsorship. keyboard sponsorship. This is, this is this is what you're watching, but ladies and gentlemen. For yeah. value, this keyboard uh at retail went for four sixty, I believe. But then the resale market for it is about a thousand to eleven hundred automatically as soon as you took delivery of the product. You flipping keyboards? I'm saying you could flip keyboards if you wanted to. Dude, that's not a bad margin right there. That's a yeah. very that's a very good business as long as you could route drop shipping and have just a minimum like a temporary storage facility. You yeah, like you can make quite a killing on flipping these custom keyboards. But the market though, like you know, what I'm saying like, how do you find the people that want that specific? Custom yeah, it's keyboard? like every it's like every scarce like scarce there's market, right? Like, places there's a like sneakers you name it there's like i have a i have a buddy that basically spends all his time in his like small niche secondary markets flipping stuff and it takes a lot of time and it's it hard because there's a lot of people doing it and the entrance of, of bots yeah has automated a good portion of the process that's why it's still like well partially why it's still difficult to get a ps5 mm. i got mine coming by the way thank you no thanks sony unboxing that I'm gonna unbox a PS5. We're this is now gonna, the Bitcoin yeah. unboxing podcast. Where we yeah, maybe talk about Bitcoin and unbox yeah. random things that we get. Do you think <laughs> that like this is not totally unrelated? No, it is kind of unrelated. Absolutely unrelated. But like, what if this show becomes the unBitcoin podcast? Like, do you have that? I've had that nightmare a couple times. Where like the unBitcoin unboxing. Yeah. No, like where Bitcoin becomes <laughs> so where Bitcoin has actually quote unquote made it, and it's so boring that we had to like talk with like it's done like like for example like nobody's walking around talking about the design on a dollar bill the serial numbers and what they mean and why they're placed there like nobody does that nobody's doing that and then if we want the stuff to be money then that's eventually what this show becomes like in yeah, it's week. also a technology right like that's that's where it's never going to stop being interesting to talk about is the underlying technology like bitcoin is money sure we can talk about things and interesting things that go on are going to be like geopolitics things that happen that uh maybe influence mining etc like that's never really going to stop because as it gets larger and successful you're going to have nation states mining over so vying over it and then the underlying technology which kind of encompasses all of this stuff is jesus good luck keeping up with that so, so speaking of influencing mining, ah, segues, the hash rate's going back up, fellas. It's going back up my quick too. The Bitcoin, Bitcoin hash rate. The Bitcoin hash rate. Finally, all the, the Chinese mining got redistributed to other parts of the world. Yep, I think it took about a solid three weeks. It's gonna and then it's gonna shoot right back up to where it was. I mean, those you have machines. A, you have a graph, graph that. Uh, yeah. Oh man, I just closed that window. But let me see if I can find it. Oh, I got one too. Hold on. Yeah. 
What were you laughing at? It's like we're talking about the tech. Oh, let's look at the price. Like, <laughs> no, we're not looking at the price. I'm looking. This is the hatch rate. Yeah, but what's that core lift to? Security. You know, no security. No, baby. That's not what D's thinking. <laughs> that's She's that's what I'm thinking. Oh yeah. Are yeah. You? Coming back up. This is one month. It didn't look like it dropped for that long. Oh, uh, I don't know, man. Here, let me, let me pull this. Let me share the screen. This is at coinwars.com. Okay. I think you're going to, yeah. Dad it. Jesus, what's up, ads? Uh, at coinwars.com over the past month. What the hell is going on? What June is July? Mini Doge? Like, it's not that big of a deal. Mini Doge. Can you hit? I'm not even. I'm all. not even clicking on that. I'm not clicking on any. Yeah, of this don't thing. click on that stuff. Can you um, hit all on the time scale, Corey? Instead of the one month. Yeah, hit you all. Want to do all? You trying to? You trying to? You trying to go crazy here? Yeah. I am. Look at see, like, like we haven't really recovered. Okay, just kidding. Uh, we're, we're still pretty <laughs> good on there. Let's bring this into like. I think those are just drop. like little bounces. Well, if this is not a a start of a recovery and it's just a little bounce, then then that sucks. But I wonder which one leads like uh, like when they when they forcibly had to turn off their mining. Right. That caused the drop in hash rate. But as miners try to figure out when is most profitable after buying and redistribution of miners, I wonder if we're going to see that hash rate flick up and down and then be determined by price rather than the forcible like then then the then the price being determined by the hash rate doesn't that mean well like a mining operation especially one like bitcoin that's a like a high capital is a very thin margin thing that heavily dependent upon your operational costs and the efficiency of the of the, of the hardware that you have so we saw a redistribution of all the chinese stuff mm-hmm. um over the last month or two that's may when it hits this thing up here mm-hmm. um i don't know how the manufacturing process of miners has been altered based on chinese news yeah see that was the, uh, that was the big thing so these like top like state-of-the-art mining now may end up being like lasting like longer than it normally would because there's a there's less of a manufacturing process, and I, I'm speaking totally from ignorance from here. But like as far as I was aware of, previously the majority of the, of the manufacturing was done in China too. I don't know if that has it been slowed down or ceased. Uh, and so like the uh, mining operation basically has to take into a bunch of things into account, and that is how much does it cost to run these machines. Or any infrastructure that supports them uh, versus the price I'm getting out of them. And and then like speculative, how long do I hold these things? Do I sell them immediately or yeah. hold off for a little while, which is more of a business business situation? The reason I kind of see this increasing rather quickly is because what we've seen is one, there's all these machines that gotta go somewhere and start mining again. That's gonna happen. Uh two, we're talking about a 50% drop in hash rate in two months which means that it's twice as easy to get new Bitcoin into your wallet. If you're a miner, if you're, if you're, if you're a miner for somewhere else on the planet. Right. So now they're trying to get as much hash rate increase as they can. 
to make it easier for them to get new Bitcoin. It's just a it's just a good system. It's a good beautiful. I mean, we system. we we talk Let's about see, them and we abstract like we time. abstract the how deep their pockets are because once you take delivery of all the physical equipment, you have to stay solvent throughout like a yeah. bearish portion of time, right? Potentially, so like Indeed. it can't be the the hash rate always leading price is what I'm getting at. There's a relationship where they have to stay as solvent as they financially can, and if they can't, then you're going to see that hash rate disappear because they're also going to in turn sell that equipment to somebody else because they couldn't make it profitable. You know what I mean? Yes. It's not just like you plug it in and now you're going to be making money. And just no, there's work. a return on that money, um, and it's usually depends upon how much hash rate you plug in at once. Right? It's not just like, oh, I plugged in a miner, I'm making, I'm printing money. That's not, that's not how it works at all. The difficulty drop wasn't fifty percent though. The difficulty drop was like twenty something percent, wasn't it? Where's the chart that says? Yeah, that those charts are ass. Hold up, where's the difficulty? Where's, the, where's good charts here? No, go to go to blockchain.com slash charts. Yeah. Blockchain.com slash charts. I don't look at charts much these days. I don't know where things are. This used to be blockchain.details. Uh, block that's where I just was. Whatever. Oh uh anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah, that's where I was. It's just I didn't go to slash charts. Oh. Um I'm looking at average block time. Um, where is that? Mining information, total hash rate, network difficulty. Yeah, look at network difficulty and compare that to total hash rate. I'm looking at that now. To, the, the chart looks almost the same. But I thought you said it was a 20% difficulty drop. That's but the hash rate dropped 50%. The hash rate dropped fifty percent, and, and the difficulty the, the did too. Dropped from twenty-five to fifteen. So this so, is actual difficulty. Uh, it's one year, right? So you can see blah out. It's like in between here, you can 40. be damn sure. Like actually, from here to here, you can be damn sure that some of those blocks took quite a while. Because um, when you take that much mining off of mm -hmm. off of the network so quickly the the algorithm or like the that readjust difficulty based on currents like the past 30 blocks or whatever he blocks it calculates has to lag so there's there's a certain there's a certain window basically of um we're mining at the same difficult that's why this this, this thing's like a step function right each of these things is the window in which it recalculates and so in between this thing the hash rate's going up and down depending on whatever machines are actually doing something but it can't redefine stuff until it hits that threshold block number of blocks in which it can actually be calculated. So if the, if, if, the, if, if the mining, the hash rate drops significantly within a window, the rest of the blocks in that, in that window take a long time. Yeah. And because there's not enough hash power to, 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 to calculate them. So Jess, uh, Corey, can you hit the all time button? It's, it's the same. It's almost the same chart. Like, so like every time the step function drops, they're going to have to stay solvent because their hash rate is going to be with respect to the difficulty. It's going to be yeah, that, that difficulty window. And so basically they have to like if it drops significantly, they have to suffer through the rest of that window until it recalculates mm -hmm. at the average time at the average hash rate of the window. 
right? So as soon as right. this, that function pulls down, then they're relative to the difficulty. Now their hash rate is higher. You know what I mean? So yeah, like so then, making, then, they have a then, higher chance of making money then. Yeah. The net, yeah. The, well, they, the, well, they have the right amount of chance to make money based yeah. on the hash rate at that time. So it recalculates based on the actual block time of, the, of is, the last couple of whatever the number of blocks in the window is. Mm-hmm. Um, average it out to be 10 minutes long. We should talk and to so some miners. They readjust it. They re- readjust the difficulty calculation to get it back to this, the current hash rate or the average hash rate of, a, of, of the past period now does 10 minutes long as opposed to like what it is. And that, so that, that difficulty calculation is, can be gamed a little bit. And that's why you saw in a lot of the smaller networks, mining operations basically algorithmically swapping, swapping networks based on the overlap of different difficulty windows because they, they had a specific amount of hash rate that did a certain amount of hash, like hashes per second. And then they would just dynamically swap whatever the most profitable was for any given window. And so like that's why BCH or Bitcoin Cash was gained with so much is because it had a relatively low one. So like it was just going up and down. Like regular Bitcoin miners would just move over there really quickly to get a much, much higher return on money. And then they just sell it over to whatever they wanted immediately. And so like the difficulty calculation of Bitcoin Cash in the early days was all over the place because of this. Mm. What what makes miners stop switching and then just stick to one network? I'm, I wonder. You know? That's the only thing miners give a shit about is profitability. Like the, the margins are way too small and the, and the operational costs are way too high for them to, to like be idealistic. They only care about making money. But but because it's you, such do a you hear what business. I'm asking? Like when I when when you're saying that inherently there's volatility between uh Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin because every let's say every difficulty adjustment downwards, the people who have hash rate on Bitcoin would swap to Bitcoin Cash because it's more profitable. And every difficulty adjustment upwards, they'll swap off of it and go back to Bitcoin. What I'm saying is why would they stay? Because I'm sure some of the hash rate just stayed on Bitcoin Cash. Uh, they made a business decision to think that one, they didn't feel as though there were like that there wasn't a high confidence that they could recoup those costs fast enough. Mm-hmm. So like the value of the underlying asset that they're mining doesn't stay long enough, or they're lazy, or like 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 the like the the DevOps of doing that isn't easy, or they don't even or they don't want to. Like there's a lot of like re- like business decisions and like involved with whether or not people are going to swap because like there's, there's a chance that something goes wrong with those networks and all the, all the hash power you put on it gets wasted because the price, like the price of the underlying asset goes down fast, faster than you can sell it. What I'm getting, what I'm getting is at the end of the day, they're still projecting that the price will go up of whatever they stick to in terms of where they put their hash rate. That business decision is effectively that, that prediction. Now there's a lot of, there's also like a lot more, back history that they could check to see like profitability of like maybe a, a time in which they switched and when they didn't. So like all this data you can back test on a while, like may end up for all I know saying stick to Bitcoin. It's been, your, it's been the most profitable way of doing it for this particular hashing setup you may have, or like smaller operations may find it way more beneficial to swap because they don't have nearly the like foothold to make such a stable investment. 
Like they can only make profit if they swap to multiple networks because they have a lower operation. I don't know. Like it's 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 incredibly variable. Hmm. You should talk to some miners. We did a while ago. There's like a couple episodes back that we talked to an American. Well, there's an American mining infrastructure okay. company. But getting miners to talk about their operation is, is very difficult because they don't they don't want to reveal things. Yeah, they don't they don't oh. usually like to talk about those things, Jesse. They like Why? Because it's I like mean, business. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't want anyone to know I was a successful uh, cryptocurrency miner. Ever. I, I mean, I guess like the process, think about all you know? the random attack vectors that you would introduce into your life. Uh, random stuff. Maybe it's maybe it's malicious things like straight mm-hmm. up. Hey, I know you're a successful person who prints money. How about I just kill you unless you tell me some stuff, right? That's a yeah, very we have a whole lot of like right CEOs there. for a lot of projects come on here though, right? And I mean, they come on to talk about what they do. Yeah, that's true. I don't understand how there's a, but they're not printing money. But they are. Maybe they're 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 ICOs. ICOs. Like, maybe like the yeah, but the opsec of running physical hardware it's in different. a potentially like gray regulatory yeah. business is Stuff very like different than me building a, a software company that leverages the technology. Just he hasn't saying like tokens that are movies. like ICOs. Yeah, watch the Bond okay. movies, bro. All right. Watch the Bond movies. It's in there. It's all the <laughs> all the literature is in all 27 of the James Bond movies. Gotcha. What? I'm serious. You always make my face like you always laugh at the things I say. I'm serious, man. Like when you do shit like that, like even the Bond villains talk about what they do. What are you talking about? They give lengthy speeches to just James Bond, who always has a microphone on. Okay, so let's make James Bond. Like I would like to hear how they, you know, plan for world domination. I would love to. (laughs) I don't know why villains all. I would love to see a movie where the villain doesn't give up his plan, and then just like, you know. Like that would be such a boring movie. Like, oh, we got the guy, kill him. What, what do you mean? Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther didn't talk about the plans. He just executed, and it was pretty badass watching all that action. The average confirmation time around Corey is just completely ignoring. I stop paying attention. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna not. stop looking at this. Sorry, that's very true. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go anyway. I got a meeting. Sounds good. Damn. So that's where we are. That's how we're in. That's how we're in the show. Well, let's wrap this. Well, we we work. We all work. It's all like that. That's like that's my explanation. What did you say? We all work. We got work to do. That's true. That's true. day podcast um, people. I unboxed the grid plus. I will work on trying to get things ready so that we can like yes. show me using it and like walk through the process of me. I'll I'll, I'll make some dummy accounts and then like. We'll buy an NFT or some shit, right? Like, okay, Jesse. Um, also, unbox the keyboard. So that is, <laughs> if you're watching Jelly, we want a sponsorship. We can do it right. All right. Oh, Owl Labs. Owl Labs. We got some more unboxing coming up from, a, yep. from an upcoming sponsor that we have. So, like, things are being shipped to us. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to unbox some cake. It's going to get real sexy. The next thing that we should do is like unbox headphones because uh, headphones. Or cameras because it's clear that unboxing cameras suck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to um, do that too. 
Yeah, we should. And I'm going to unbox an Ikea chair that I've had my eye on for quite a while. <laughs> so, um, all right, guys. Unboxing podcast. Let's, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's do our shout outs. Let's, if you, uh, you know, if you want early access to things and you want to feel special about yourself, you can become a patron, right? You go to the Patreon, you go to patreon.com slash the Bitcoin podcast. You can become a patron for as low as a dollar, um, you know, and you get early access. You also get some. We had a premium episode that came out a couple months back. Um, that was just a, basically a meta episode. We call meta episodes for Corey and myself. Uh, Jesse, were you there? Um, no. I don't think you were. We went and we um, listened to one of our older episodes from like five years ago, seven, six one. years ago, episode one, and just kind of listened to like the things that we were talking about, how cryptos changed. We'd pause and talk about, wow, that that turned out well. That didn't turn out well. Well, we hope to do more meta episodes uh, as time allows, just so you can see like the audible history of how crypto has changed and is constantly changing. Uh, maybe in one of those episodes, you'll hear say like how shitty Doge was. And now all of a sudden, all I hear all the time is like, oh, did you, are, you investing in Doge? are you investing in Doge? That doesn't even that sentence right there makes me want to crawl into a cave until I tr- until I shrivel into it. Mean, if you if you replace the word investing with gambling, then it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's the and appropriate then, that's the appropriate word to use. And somewhere in the sentence, either at the beginning or the end, it's bro, bro. Like I can't. I say bro a lot. It's almost like I've used it ironically for so long that it's now just a part of what I naturally say. So like I like broed myself into being a bro. <laughs> now you're a bro, Corey. Here I am. <laughs> Join the Slack, the Bitcoin podcast.com. Uh, there's a button on there that says Slack, push it. And then there's a couple questions, answer them. And then you will have joined the Slack. In the Slack, uh, you can talk to uh, straight bouses. And, you know, we're talking about crypto all weekend, weekend, week out. Price, tech, what's good, what's bad, um, what's going to be good, what's going to be bad. I mean, it's just conversation all around. Um, Let's see what else we got. Oh, give us a review on podcasts. I'm gonna do something different here, guys. I'm gonna say, hey, you know, let's talk. Uh, this is a good time to talk about. This is a good time to talk about our other reviews that we've gotten in the past. This is great. So we recently got a one star review. Ooh, yes. And uh, oh shit, where'd it go? What's it say? Oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Who eats while recording a podcast? Like the this title. What happens says, when I leave? This is what happened. Y'all eat Cheetos for five minutes. No, it was like 40 minutes. Like the title says, like 40 minutes. They ate Cheetos while recording a podcast. I couldn't stop hearing whoever was crunching and chewing. Very disgusting. I just don't get it. Your job is to talk into a mic and you're going to sit there and eat. This is not our job. We do this for fun. Yeah, this is not our job. <laughs> that's that's where that person made the mistake. Yeah, you made and, the mistake to thinking and, this is, we're professionals. And, and excuse not. me, yellow zebra <laughs> from Canada. Uh, yeah, you obviously didn't get the joke. Here's another one star. Uh, this is from 2019, not too long ago. One star, and the title is "Idiots Entertain Each Other." Uh, <laughs> that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good review. Like, yeah, that's pretty. Spot that should on. be five. That should be five stars right there. The idiots entertain each other. Like, that should just be. I think the 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 subline of the Bitcoin podcast. 
This was uh this was when What the Headers was kind of like as re- the most regular show that we had. It was a very short stint, the summer of 2019. Oh no. It was like yeah. brief mentions of headlines in the cryptosphere while two bozos giggle to each other while showing their short attention spans. Not intended for people looking for knowledge or insight to today's crypto culture. This entire project seems to be for their love of each other, like teenage boys misbehaving. Put your pinky down, bro. <laughs> Like teenage boys misbehaving in a McDonald's. Mm. Man, the headlines were really boring, though. Like, yeah. I'm surprised we got through, like, what, 670, 60, 70 something? After a lot of episodes of just boring content. It was, it was like 30 minutes of organizing headlines before the show and then just reading them off. It was. I, I, I went on a couple episodes. I, those, I only said a couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's not what I want to spend my time doing. I'm glad here's, you stopped it. Here's a three-star review. D is an Apple iPhone maximalist. Tribalism is bad. <laughs> uh, you know. Are you? Yeah, for the most part. And when it comes to my mobile phones, I'm going Apple all the way. I'm, I'll never once again wake up on a Thursday and my phone's not working. And that has never happened with an iPhone, but it did happen with two Android phones. So you know, My last Pixel just died on me out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't. At least Apple's like, hey, this is going to die if you don't give us a little bit more money. Here, click the button on how we can make it easy for you to pay us that little bit more money before this dies. And I'm like, you know what? I appreciate your game. I'll pay you $2 a month extra now. <laughs> so, anyways, here's another one. This one's actually honest. Hey, there's room to grow, guys. Room to grow. <laughs> <laughs> great chemistry, great knowledge of the space, definitely locked into current events. Although the content is solid, the cussing periods within every episode. I think they're talking mm-hmm. about me. That's are slightly me. irritating. I've moved I on think from people the like the headlines, D. People really like the headlines. Like Tim I know that came you into the podcast because of the headlines. Do you like doing no. it? No, I actually I like doing, doing it, it because it's very fun and I get to give like real insight. Like, yeah, this article said a bunch of stuff, but this is the reality. I've always loved headlines. But then again, I'm a kid that grew up with CNN running in the background my entire life. So like it's just there. Like news is something that's just ingrained in me. The thing that I, I've come to notice, but, like if, I guess I were wrapping up, but this is a, a, like a, I think a pivotal point that people should understand in terms of how media works these days, or at least especially like how information flows with this, within this ecosystem. Like it's not from headlines. Like where you get good information is not, is from, not from headlines. But it's they like think here. it is because that's yeah, what like media sources are get the most watered down marketed paid for garbage of what's happening. But they're never going to know that Corey. None they're of it. And they, but like and the they tech stuff that's interesting that like people like drama, Corey, and they're not getting yeah, that from cool. tech. They're not going to get it from here. Updates. Hmm. They might get it from here. I might start a fight with a motherfucker. Oh, I'm sorry. We just got three star for the cursing. By the way, the guy who gave us the three stars name is Family Guy 2K13. <laughs> I think I know who that is. <laughs> I know who that is. You guys don't run a family show. I would know. Mm-hmm. My username is Family Guy 2K13. <laughs> um, he made that in 2013. He must have been watching Family Guy. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of stuff to happen in space, guys. We're going to keep it moving. But give us a star review, depending upon how you think the show was for you. If it's five stars, boom. If it's well, one I can't star, wait. I can't wait for the person that's like, they have boxed a keyboard. Yeah. 
I thought Stop this was the Bitcoin podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, smartass. You got to use a keyboard to use crypto sometimes. So boom, back in your face. All right. You know so, who's making all this stuff? People who use keyboards. Oh, developers. I'd be curious to know, like. Joe has a custom keyboard. He has multiple. Yeah, I'm thinking about. The security of yeah. custom keyboard. I mean, it's not going to be an issue. That's like a stupid attack vector that's never going to work. Unless you're like specifically targeting one incredibly high net worth individual. Yeah. I've also thought about doing the TMZ of crypto. Sometimes I like to appeal to the lowest common denominator of society, you know, just to be like, ooh, Eric Voorhees was spotted with Michelle Obama. You know, or, if put like a or hardware was wallet. he? Huh? What's so up? if somebody put a hardware wallet into a keyboard, that would sell like hotcakes to the keyboard community. Not that hard. Yeah. I mean, just find like, out see, on the next this, episode. No. See this strip right there, yeah. that LED strip. Swap that out for like the PCB of like a ledger, and then I don't know. People would probably buy it. Like it's silly money and keyboards Jesse as well. Has so too. many good ideas, bro. You're, 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 I gotta run. Oh yeah, Corey, get out of here. Uh, oh, shout out to her. Oh yeah, shout outs, Tiana Taylor. That's that's Tiana Taylor. I know who that is. Shout out to the uh, Yazzie Beats, Jazzy Beats, Yazzie Beats. Ah oh, man, Rachel McAdams, you do you, Penelope Cruz, dang, Margot Robbie. Shout out to you, mm, eyebrows. Oh, wide smile, long neck. Oh, Zoe, hold on, yeah, you're still doing it, girl. All right, guys, uh, I think that's all we got. Yep, all right. that's it. Play. Play. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah, I'll try.